All right. Are we ready to do this again? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, hey, I'm Jeremy. I'm Emily. And I forgot my introduction. Hey, <laughs> welcome to the Highland Growcast. I'm Jeremy. I'm Emily. And today we're going to continue our conversation about discipleship. Are you ready for this, Emily? I am. I'm I so excited. Think it's like I'm my ready for it too. Okay. I think it should be fun. Sweet. So last week we finished up talking about really what it means to understand and to know the gospel. And I said, mm. hey, this week we'll talk about the gospel. Yeah. So let's do that as the foundation for everything that we're about to talk about. Let's talk about the gospel. And here's here's what I was saying. You can disagree with me if you want. <laughs> On the um, gospel? <laughs> yeah, you can disagree with me if you're like, I don't think that's the gospel at all, but I think it is. So, uh, and, and here's the gospel, um, that God created everything that is. And he did that by the word of his power. He created man in his own image. He gave him purpose. He gave him identity. He gave him the garden and told him to fill the earth and subdue it. Uh, and he walked with them and he was intimate with them in a way that you and I have never been. And the reason that we haven't been is because man sinned. They thought that they could make a better God than God. And so um, when Adam and Eve sinned, that sin infected everyone that came after. And so you and I are born sinful and born separated from God. And the problem is that there's nothing we can do in and of ourselves to clean ourselves up, to bring ourselves back to God, that we are in rebellion against him. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, he sent Jesus, God in the flesh, the second person of the Trinity, incarnate, on the earth to live the perfect life that we should have lived but couldn't, to die a substitutionary death for us on the cross. And uh, he, he died. He really died. He was buried on the third day. He rose again, proving that he is God in the flesh. And by that, reconciling us to a holy, righteous, perfect, and just God. But he also ascended into heaven and he sits at the right hand of God and he advocates for you and for me. And so for everyone who places their faith in Jesus as the only way to salvation, they can be reconciled to God. And the beauty is, is that all those he saves, he will sanctify and he is coming back one day for his bride. And so his bride needs to make herself ready. Awesome. Gospel, right? Any, yeah. Anything no, you would add that. or take away? <laughs> I No, I think that's great. I agree with all of that. Right. So that's our foundation, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. That there is a God, that he's holy, righteous, perfect, and just. And because of our sin, we are separated from that God. And so we need someone to rescue us. And God provided that someone in his son, Jesus. And Jesus took the sin, uh, our sin, onto himself. He bore the punishment and the wrath of God towards it himself so that we could be reconciled to God so that we could spend eternity with him. But he didn't just say, hey, I'm going to save you and then you can spend eternity with me. He said, I saved you so that you might have life mm. and you might have it to the full. And that is today. And so that's the good news that we yeah. have, that you can live an abundant life of hope and joy 
today, regardless of situation, regardless of circumstance, but sometimes that's hard to mm-hmm. believe and that's hard to walk out on your own. So when we talk about making disciples, that's what we want to encourage our people with, that though you struggle, though you fail, Jesus will never leave you. He will never forsake you, that there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God in Christ but sometimes we need people to help us yeah. with that. Yeah. And so when we talk about discipleship groups, if we were going to get a little more specific today, Emily, uh, how would we do that? Um, so I think that uh, dis- <clears throat> as far as specifically the way that we're hoping to implement discipleship with the adult ministry, uh, the, the way these groups of uh, people meeting together, th- there's going to be a purpose, right? And so as we prayerfully consider starting meeting with people in these settings, we have to know like, okay, where are we headed? What is the purpose of this? Why are we even doing this? And so what fruit are we hoping to see as a result of meeting together for this time? And so the, there's going to be... Um, um, we kind of have three broad goals or purposes for discipleship groups. And and while individual discipleship groups and relationships are going to differ in their specific goals and what they're hoping to, to address and grow in, and, um, you know, all of that needs to align, though, with shared purposes. And so the first one is growth in Christlikeness. And so this is the very first mission of a discipleship group and, and of a disciple, including the disciple maker, is that we are growing more and more like Christ. Christ and more and more mature spiritually because we're a part of this group. And so, um, you know, there's just a deep need, I would say, in the church for in-depth individual growth. Uh, in Ephesians 4, the Apostle Paul talks about this, and he uses uh, these kind of terms that refer to growing up. He says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So that was really long, but (laughs) there's a lot of words and terms and and phrases (laughs) there that talk about growing up and maturing and building up together in the context of the local church. And so I think it's important to remember that Christ, um, the Bible places individual spiritual maturity within the context of the church. And so, yeah. And I think individual gifts as well. And so, um, you know, I think a lot of um, commentators, a lot of theologians would disagree um, or they would argue about whether these things specifically listed here are offices in the church or um, or whether this is something that um, everyone can participate in. And I don't think our, our purpose here in, in sharing that isn't to get into any of that, but what our purpose would be is that everyone has been gifted in a particular way for the building up of the body of Christ. And so you have gifts that differ from the gifts that I have, but they're useful um, for the edifying and the building of the bride. And so what we always want to um, say to people is that you are gifted in a particular way. I had a, a pastor who used to say that we can't be fully we until you're fully you. And so you participating in the ways that God has called you to participate in the furthering of the kingdom 
in sharing those gifts with others, um, both in larger and in smaller discipleship type settings becomes really, really important. So I guess what I want to encourage people with, what we would want to encourage people with is you have something to offer. And I think one of the big reservations from people in getting into discipleship is they feel like, well, what can I do? What can I say? I don't have anything to offer. But what we want to say is, and you really do. Now, there are going to be some people out here who are listening and you're like, man, I just don't know how I would do that. And maybe you shouldn't. Maybe this is a thing that you need to be involved in. You need to find someone who's going to be willing to pour into you to help you learn and to help you grow. But by and large, everybody has something that you can offer, mm-hmm. um, some wisdom, some. And so we're not asking you. And again, we talked about this in the last episode to be um, kind of the sage that everybody gets to come to to get all their questions answered. We're asking you to be faithful, available, intentional, teachable, and humble in walking with other people so that you can build up the body mm-hmm. so that every part works properly and makes the body grow so that it builds itself up mm-hmm. self up in love. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I, you know, when Mark and I first moved here, uh, this was a little over five, almost five and a half years ago. And I was pregnant. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. 2015. Um, I think you, didn't you guys move here around the same time? We did, 2015. Yeah, that's awesome. But I was pregnant with our second child, Lucy, uh, when Mark finished his PhD and um, he took a job at Baylor. And so we had moved from my hometown of Athens, Georgia, uh, to Waco and I knew nobody. And so I'd lived in the same town pretty much for, for 28 years. And so moving from that to a place where I knew nobody um, was really hard for me. And, and there was a lot of grief that I didn't handle well and, and not knowing anyone here here to walk with through that was extra hard. Um, and so, but in his kindness, God brought us to, um, you know, this church and introduced me to a woman named Allison and she faithfully walked with me. We didn't meet in an intent, like a, like a formal discipleship setting, but, um, she did meet with me regularly, uh, through the, that season. Um, and a lot of it was kind of to help me move forward in a godly way. Like how do I walk through grief of, of moving, um, through in a way that honors the Lord and in a way that's helping me mature in my Christ likeness. And so we would meet at Barnes and Nobles, um, you know, and, and talk through, uh, just the hard things that was, I was going through. She would speak truth into my emotions and, um, and help me. She helped me interpret my experiences through biblical and doctrinal truth. And so, and that was so important for me and my, my personal spiritual growth. So I will always be thankful for that. And so, um, I think for us to, to know that one of the, the primary purposes of these discipleship groups that, um, are starting to develop, uh, is that we grow in spiritual maturity and that we're investing his grace. And, and again, we can't do anything to change a person's heart. We can't change our own hearts. <laughs> Only God yeah. can do that, but we can invest spiritually into the lives and into the spiritual discipleship process of another person. And so that's yeah. what we're hoping to, to see in these groups. Can and should. Right. Yes. Yeah. Not only can we, but we actually called and commanded to do. do Yeah. Absolutely. So we want to grow in Christ likeness. What else? 
Uh, secondly, um, we hope that as a, a fruit, I guess, of, of these groups would be leader development and equipping. And so um, we hope that members will leave their groups with more leadership qualities and skills than they had when the group started. And so uh, as Christ likeness is formed in us, as as we are discipled, uh, our lives are affected. And, and so the way that we grow as disciples, that's going to impact the way we lead in our homes, in our workplaces, um, in the community in our ministries, in the church and more. And so, um, yeah, I would say that leader development and equipping needs, you know, is a big part of discipleship groups. Yeah. And I think people are just hungry for that. Mm -hmm. Like there are so many people who are willing to lead, but just feel ill-equipped or feel like they don't have uh, the right skills or the right, right. And we kind of talked about that last episode, but um, I, I think, everybody has something that they can offer, yeah. but I think also people are just hungry for it. And so, um, so I, I don't, as, as we've kind of encouraged people or approached people about leading CGs, what we get all the time is, Oh, I don't know that. I think, I, I don't know. I don't think I could do that. And then we kind of explain, here's, here's what we mean when we say we want you to lead a group mm. and here's what that looks like. Do you think you could do that? And they're like, Oh yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I think I could do that. Yeah. Um, and so I think so many people have so many more skills than they, they just need mm. someone to encourage them. And if you're and walking, them. yeah. And if you're walking with two or three other people and you're able to call those things out that you mm. see in them, um, it becomes a, I, I, I always use this as an example. Um, you, Emily Deans Kelly are probably one of the most phenomenal teachers that I've, uh, ever heard teach, uh, cause you're just really, really good at it. Um, don't call me ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but the one thing that you lack is just that confidence in, you know what? I know that God has gifted me and wired me to do this in a really profound way. And so one of the things hopefully that you notice a lot is that I try and call that out in you and I do it in ridiculous ways sometimes. <laughs> um, but often what I'm trying to do is no, you're, you're really good at what you do. Be confident in that, be confident in the Lord in the way that he has created you and wired you. And so we want to call out those things in people when we see it and encourage them because what that helps them do is to grow uh, hopefully not in their confidence in their own ability, but just in their confidence in what the Lord has created and how he has wired them to be. And we want them to use those giftings. We want them to use that for the building up of the body so that they can walk with somebody who maybe needs a little encouragement as well. Yeah. Totally. Um, and so the third, uh, so, so there's spiritual maturity, so growth and spiritual maturity. Um, and then there's leader development. That's a second purpose and, and broad goal of these discipleship relationships. And then the third one is multiplication. So uh, these groups start with the mission and the expectation of multiplication. And, um, you know, I think that uh, this is a model that Jesus had for us. And so we want the, the people that are, that we're meeting with that we're, we're walking through life with to understand that God never intended our salvation to be a finish line. He intended our salvation to be just a beginning, um, you know, of our, our, our walk with him. And so he wants to use us as pipelines of his grace into the, the spirit, the discipleship process of others. And so, um, group members, like once a, once a discipleship group stops meeting together, you know, when they kind of reach that end date, um, you know, the people that are in that group may not immediately start groups um, of their own. They may not immediately start a discipleship relationship or group that looks just like yours did. Um, but if they are committed to making disciples because they were meeting with you, like that's incredible. And that's such a cool, um, 
cool thing to get to be a part of. Yeah. Well, it's just probably one of my favorite things. Like, um, you know, we've talked a little bit about how you being in a group also affects and changes you, like mm. you learn so much, but there is a joy in seeing the gospel click in the minds of people that are in the group to see the Lord grow them and to see the Lord um, mature them and to see the Lord um, really um, teach them about himself. And so, man, I, I think as we are kind of walking through, um, you know, helping people grow in Christ likeness and seeing them kind of grow into these leaders who have the ability then to go and lead others. Um, and there's a lot of joy in that. Um, and so it, it shows, and man, we, this really is one of those things where you get to see fruit quickly. Uh, you did a chart on uh, the first day of training that was just ridiculous. And uh, maybe we can figure out a way to kind of put it on the, uh, the show page, but um, the, the uh, man, the number of people that can be impacted mm. over a, a relatively short amount of time just by being faithful to grab one or two people and how um, that exponentially grows over the mm. course of time is just so you have the ability to impact an entire church, mm -hmm. an entire city. Um, and and so, man, we encourage everybody in that. And it's fun. Mm. It's just it fun. fun. It's fun to see. So, Jeremy, what would you say... Um, are the strategic dynamics of an adult discipleship group. And so we kind of, this is more specific as far as like how we're, um, you know, what a group is going to look like for the group's ministry. And yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. So I would say that one of the strategies that we've come up with is, is that these groups are time limited, um, that they don't last forever. So you kind of begin the group with the end in mind. Um, but generally six to nine, I mean, we are on a kind of a college schedule. And so if you're going to want college kids in your group, September to May is kind of your wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, but generally six, nine, 12 months, somewhere around there, not, not much longer generally, where you're going to walk with them faithfully, intentionally, and then you're going to move forward and say, hey, here is... Uh, what I want you to do at the end of this time. And you're intentionally pouring into them so that when um, that time ends, they're ready to go. And we talked about it last episode, right? Like when Jesus is walking with his disciples, his, he's really up front and saying, I'm not always going to be with you. And so you need to watch and you need to learn and you need to practice these things so that you can go and do likewise. And so these are going to be time limited groups. Second thing, they're going to be gender specific. We think that uh, women are the best disciplers of women and men are the best disciplers of men because um, there are particular things that um, in just, you know, for the record, it doesn't mean that there aren't a lot of godly men mm -hmm. who could teach women some things and there aren't a lot of godly women who could teach some men some things. But uh, by and large, there are some things that I'm I'm not going to want to share with you, mm -hmm. Emily. And, and, and I won't want you to share with that's me. That's <laughs> right. And there are things that um, you are yeah. not going to want to share with me. And I don't want you to share those things with me. And so uh, we want it to be gender specific. We want them to be small. Mm -hmm. um, so generally, including you, two to five people, which means that uh, you've got three um, maybe four, but not more than that mm. people that you're kind of walking with. Um, we think that size really does impact, 
um, the dynamic of the mm-hmm. group. And so we want to keep them small enough that um, people are able to uh, kind of get to know mm-hmm. one another at and, a deeper level. And I think it, it does add one of my favorite things about it is it kind of becomes a built-in support system for each other. The group yeah. does. So yeah. um, I love one-on-one discipleship and I think there is a, a, there is a huge need for it and it's beneficial. But when you have, you know, three, you and two people or you and three people, then you're learning from each other and you're holding each other accountable. And then eventually when the group members start discipling others, then they have each other for support too, and not just you. Um, and so it's just a really a neat thing. And it also kind of provides a place when there's a few people meeting together um it's a it's a place to practice leadership skills and developments you know like taking turns leading discussion taking turns leading in prayer um giving them slowly over time the responsibility of all right now you're going to choose which book of the bible we're going to read through you know after you've kind of modeled that for them and um so you kind of start handing the reins over and in a group setting um you know i i feel like that can those are elements that um are just really awesome and helpful as far as training up leaders. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, that's one of the things that we've tried to build into our ABF and CG leaders is that same thing. Mm -hmm. Like if you become the sole point of community for every person in your group, you've done something wrong. Uh, What you're doing there is facilitating relationships Mm -hmm. so that everybody, again, if we go back to the Ephesians 4, everybody's able to operate in their giftings. Like we're equipping people to be able to to, um, really... Um, to lead and to participate in the life of the group. And so we want to make sure that, especially in these discipleship groups, that people are able to do that as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so gender-specific, time-limited, small, and then consistent. We want we want there to be regular meetings, regular scheduled meetings. They have to be kind of the base of the group, mm-hmm. right? This is what you wrote so eloquently in your notes that I'm using right now to say this, but uh, <laughs> regular scheduled meetings need to be the base level of your group. Um, although we would say that your relationships will probably and should probably extend beyond those things. And mm-hmm. so we have a set meeting time uh, where we're going to get together, but then there are also those one-off times when we're getting together outside of the group. And that's just relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Like if I yeah. tell my wife, I'm going to meet with you on this day, at this time, every single week, and that's it, right? Like, we're going to get together, we're going to talk, and we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we could be close, but not as close <laughs> as we could be when I say, hey, we're going to meet at this time, and then, hey, you want to go grab a bite to eat, which we never get to do anymore because our kids <laughs> are crazy. Kids. Yeah, but one day, one day we'll be empty nesters again, <laughs> and we'll miss these times. We'll miss these times right now. And Aww. so, um, But we want to make sure that we're, it, it's kind of a both-ended thing, mm-hmm. that we've got our regular specific time, but then we are and leaving why, room and space for— Why do you think that's helpful to have the regular time? You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to like the benefits to the group, I think would be that it kind of encourages faithfulness and in your group members. I think when you don't know when you're going to meet, you know, sometimes that can be like, well, it's hard to be committed if I don't. And and especially for me as an adult, 
adult, like maybe in college, it was easier to just kind of be a little freer with things. But, um, you know, I think practically now, like I, I have to be so intentional with my time and schedule, um, or things may not happen, which sounds horrible to say, uh, right. but, but life is busy with, when you have kids, you have a family, you have jobs, you have responsibilities. And so, um, I think, you know, having, uh, it sounds having a structure in discipleship may sound rigid and, and turn some people off, but I think it provides an opportunity for natural relationships to truly thrive and to flourish um, because we can't expect people to be faithful, you know, to discipleship relationships if we're not providing kind of a reliable and dependable uh, yeah. structure to be a part of. Does that make sense? Which yeah, sounds absolutely. really like formulaic or something. But, and I think yeah. there's a fear that if we try and be specific or we try and be structured that people just, oh man, they can't do it. And mm-hmm. so we're, we're real quick to say, oh, well, I don't want to do that because this person can't yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, JT English wrote a book called Deep Discipleship that, um, that I think, did I, did I give you that book? Did I tell you to read that book? Did, we, you told me to read it. Yeah. And I read it. It yeah, was great. It. It's a great book. But one of the things that he says in the book that I think is just uh, really incredible, he says, people aren't leaving the church because we ask too much of them. Uh, they're leaving because we ask far too little. Mm-hmm. And so I think one, it, it sets uh, an example of importance that you believe it's important and you're asking them to be involved in something that you want them to believe is important. Now you can schedule those kind of one-off outside of group things. And that's where you can go, you know, you can do all those things, but in this time, during this time, we have a specific purpose. We have a plan and man, we're going to join together and we're going to get to work Mm. because again, we're time limited and we have a purpose um, for meeting that we're trying to get. So, yeah, I mean, we want to be regular. We want to be scheduled. We want to be, um, intentional with that time. Yeah. And so we feel like, um, you know, these dynamics we've really thought through, there's a reason why these are kind of the dynamics of a discipleship group within Highlands adult ministry. Um, so time limited, gender specific, small group, uh, and regular meetings, uh, there's some structure there. We think that that kind of creates a great environment for the purposes of the group, right? So that spiritual maturity, the, the leader development and multiplication to take place. And so yeah. it's like an incubator or a hothouse for, for those things to develop, hopefully. Mm. Incubator. <laughs> Is that a weird thing house. to say? No. <laughs> Was, I'm just trying to explain that why was impressive. we feel like it's a just like good, growing bacteria. Oh, I'm sure I've learned that from somebody else. I pro- don't, yeah, don't give me credit Thank for those you, things. Thank you, science. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, that's awesome. So here's a question then. If um, we are purposeful in our groups, we want to see growth in Christ-likeness. We want to see leadership development and equipping. We want to see multiplication we have this strategic dynamic that we're walking through that we know that groups are time limited, they're gender specific, they're small, uh, and they meet regularly. What do they, what do they cover? When, when am I supposed yeah, to ask like you that question? Or do you ask me that? Yeah. What's no, the content? I think this is what group? I'm supposed to ask you. No, this oh, is a great thing to talk me. about. So no, you did an awesome job sharing this at our training. And I love this kind of explaining that, you know, what there, if, if, there needs to be kind of a, a good strategic understanding of broadly the content. And I think in our next episode, we'll probably talk about specifics maybe mm-hmm. and how yeah. that'll vary group to group specifics will, but broadly uh, all, you know, all of it's going to fit under a certain umbrella, I guess. And so yeah. what is the broad group content? 
Yeah. Would you say, Jeremy? And so we kind of have three buckets that we've um, that we've looked at. The first one is the Bible. We want everything that you do, everything that you say to be based in Scripture. So what people at Highland, what people in general need is not your best ideas, not your best advice, but they need the Word of God literally um, growing, poured out, and just grounded, rooted in their hearts. Um, because if he created it, he knows how it functions best. We don't have to wonder about the mind of God. We don't have to wonder about his heart. We see those things in the scriptures and we pursue him in the scriptures. And so we want everything that we're doing to be based in the scriptures. And so there needs to be the scriptures in these groups, the Bible. So whether you're reading through a book of the Bible or you're finding random passages and you're walking through those together, they need to be based in the scripture. Uh, But on the other side of that, uh, we know that from uh, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, right? Is that, is that, Mm -hmm. yeah. 1 Corinthians 15, Paul said, I delivered to you as of first importance, what I also received that Christ died uh, in accordance with the scriptures. And so that's um, that's the Bible, that's the scripture, but then there's also a right belief that mm. he is putting forward because we know that there are a lot of beliefs out there and some of them are just wrong. So we want to be biblically based and we want to be um, moving our people towards right belief. And so that is a theological mm. understanding. And a lot of people want to push back on that. And they're like, whoa, 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 Jeremy, I'm not a theologian. The reality is I tell my 7th and 8th grade Bible students this, I told everybody in our training uh, last week this, that you're all theologians. We are all theologians. Uh, We all have a worldview. We all have a way that we filter everything that's coming to us. Uh, And so you're either a good theologian, a bad theologian, or an Mm. ignorant theologian. Um, You may not know everything. You may not be able to give a theological uh, excursus on um, the doctrine of the Trinity, but that doesn't mean that you have absolved yourself of any responsibility to know why our faith in a triune God is really important to our faith. Hmm. Uh, And so we want not just the Bible, but we want right belief because we know that there's a difference between a right belief and a wrong belief. And we know that by demons, right? Hmm. Demons believe that Hmm. Jesus is God and they shudder. Uh, And so there's a difference between the demon's belief in Jesus and a saving faith, a saving belief Hmm. in Jesus. Uh, And so we want um, good, solid, scriptural grounding We want right belief. And then finally, we need to be walking those things out. So the spiritual practice. Mm. Uh, And so our three buckets uh, very broadly are the Bible, belief, and spiritual practice. Yeah, that's so good. I love that. Um, So these are, so we would say this is kind of broadly what, uh, you know, kind of what our desire, I guess you would say, or vision for discipleship groups. And I do think like I always, you know, just trying to remember the truth that there, again, in these situations, there's nothing I can do to change my own heart or the hearts of the people that are in my group. Mm -hmm. No amount of, of strategy or planning or structure can change a person's heart. And so, um, you know, I think kind of keeping in mind that I am, I am in desperate need of the grace of God and, and Mm -hmm. to be prayerful with him of, of God, would you work in our hearts and change us and make us more like you and develop these leadership qualities and and empower us to multiply because ultimately he's the one who causes the growth to take place. Um, And no matter what efforts we put, 
put forth. If, if he is not the one uh, causing the growth, then it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think too, one of the helpful things is most people, they, they know this kind of generally, mm-hmm. but when you kind of try and pin them down on the specifics, they'll get real antsy. But the reality is like, if you ask somebody outside of the church, Hey, what does it mean to be a Christian? Generally what they're going to say is it means that you don't do particular things and that you do mm-hmm. um, other things. And those, those are the things that make God happy and basically just kind of don't do the fun things, but you do all the things that are, are not fun at all. And so they really do base it on a set of behaviors. That's a belief mm. that they have about Christians. Now, um, the reality that we find in the scriptures um, is that that's not the truth at all, that Jesus didn't save us to make us good little boys mm-hmm. and girls. He saved us to have his whole heart and that it's not our behavior, but his behavior that justifies us. And so even when we fail, um, Jesus's perfection, it covers our failure. That's theology, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got the Bible that says these things, and then you've got belief. If we have people in our groups who are just wrestling through sin and they're just crushed by it because they're like, you know what? I'm not good enough. I never act the way that mm. I'm supposed to act. And um, man, God must be so angry with me. He must mm. be so done with me. That That's bad theology. And so what we want to be able to point them to is, you know, it's not it's not your behavior. It's the behavior of Christ. It's the life that he lived and the death that he died that brings you into right standing. And so even when you fail, you don't have to run away from God and try and clean yourself up. You can run to him. That is based on a good understanding of the scriptures with right belief. And then as we put that into practice, that leads us to repentance and confession. And so we think those three things are so incredibly important because one, if I were to walk up to you, whether you knew any theology or not, you'd be able to say, well, no, I mean, it's not based on your behavior. It's based on what Jesus has done for you. So you don't have to walk in that shame and that crush. Now let's go to the Bible and read this here and begin to turn away from walking mm. this way with this wrong understanding, but walking this way with this right belief. And lots of people have that knowledge. They just wouldn't yeah. They just wouldn't categorize it that way. And so as we begin to kind of give them these buckets to put things in, um, that they actually know more theology than mm, they, than think, they think they, they do. do. They yeah. just don't know that it's theology. Then they're able to help others walk through it because most of us do it all the time. We just don't know that that's what we're doing. And so if we tie it back to what we talked about at the very beginning of this episode, which is the gospel, right? As we grow in our understanding of the gospel and what Jesus has actually done for us through the cross, that means that we can lead a group like this without any sort of fear because we know that ultimately I can bumble and Mm -hmm. stumble my way through a presentation of the gospel and God decides he's just going to He's just going to blow a full up and he's like, okay, great. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, or that Paul I could do, and it's the same thing with parenting. I could be the the best right. disciple maker ever, right. you know, and, and yet God may not change the heart of the person that I'm with in the way right. that I'm hoping he will. And that's not on me. <laughs> right. Ultimately the fruit is, is God's responsibility, yeah, right? Can not you imagine? mine as a disciple maker. Yeah. And so I feel the same way with my parenting where it's, I, and that relieves a lot of stress. I think of knowing, you know what? I'm called to, to walk faithfully as a disciple maker. I'm not called to be the one to produce fruit yeah. and to see that uh, in a person's life, whether that's their spiritual maturity or their ability to multiply. That's not on me. That's, that's on the spirit of God. Yeah. And, and can you I imagine can, if people walked in the freedom of that? Yeah, yeah totally. I mean, the, 
the freedom of knowing my job is my job. That's what God's commanded me to do. But ultimately, his job is mm. to change a heart. Yeah, but how, his job yeah. is to sanctify. And it's so cool that he asks, he lets us be a part of the process, you know, yeah. that we get. And it's exciting to be able to watch God produce fruit in people's lives. And yeah. so, and so it's we're, awesome. we're excited about. Uh, these discipleship groups. We're, we're excited about seeing what the Lord's going to do in and through our ABFs and CGs and discipleship groups moving mm. forward. And so, um, man, there's a lot to be hopeful for, a lot to uh, a lot to pray through and for and mm-hmm. about. And we invite you to, to yeah. kind of pray for these groups with us um, and, and pray for all the ministries that are going on at Highland because that's what we want to see fruit. Yeah, and if um, you know if anybody has questions or um, would like to have more information about discipleship at Highland, like feel free to email us and we would love to talk with you more about it. Um, uh, you can email Jeremy, jeremy-daniel at hbcwego.org or emily-kelly at hbcwego.org. Yeah, right. Sorry, we changed it. So I always <laughs> like stutter there. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Well, Emily, you got anything else for them today? I I don't. Okay. All right. Well, I'm Jeremy. I'm Emily. And we'll catch you next time.